Hi everybody, today we're talking to Christopher Weber, the uh, founder and lead developer of Media Goblin, a free software media publishing platform that anybody can run. Chris, um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about Media Goblin? Sure. Um, so I am Chris Weber. I'm the lead developer. Uh, the um, I've been working on free and open source software things for some time. Uh, I used to work at Creative Commons uh, not too long ago, and before that at the Participatory Culture Foundation. So I've been doing these things for a while. Uh, but uh, um, the uh, uh, but I started Media Goblin. Um, well. Co-started co Media Goblin with a number of people uh, a number of years ago. Um, uh, we uh, uh, the main so what Media Goblin is is I mean you already said it's a media publishing system for the web. So, um, but it's uh, if you wanted to try to think of uh, uh, what it's kind of analogous to, uh, it, you could think of it as a replacement for like Flickr and YouTube and then stuff like that. So you can have video and images and stuff all in the same place. Um, uh, so, so it's kind of uh, essentially kind of open source versions of um, these kind of popular services, but kind of targeted. So you're not, not centrally hosted. Um, the services they're, they're primarily for running on your own server. So. Right. So you can anybody can run one of these on their own server, uh, uh, and. Uh, um, and we do, I mean, in that sense, we already are at the very a significant amount of decentralization, though we're actually doing more work right now to actually make that even better, um, which I don't know if I should just go into rambling about that or if I should do that later. But uh, um, yes, that's the gist. Okay, but, 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 but I think before we get into that, so um, what kind of makes Media Goblin unique? I mean, it's it's sort of... It's a whole set of things. Like, why don't you tell us about what it actually lets you do, and what kind of things does it cover? Okay. Well, um, I mean, so if you think about media publishing as a gallery, I mean, I started this because I'm kind of a hybrid programmer and artist, and I wanted a place where I could put a bunch of my own works uh, myself all in one place. So, um, uh, you know, the I mean, the closest thing that comes to kind of doing this sort of thing that has multiple types of media is uh, DeviantArt does this in some ways. Flickr kind of does this with, you know, uh, both having some image support and some kind of crappy video support. Um, and so, uh, so in a certain sense, it kind of is useful as an artist gallery, uh, an artist portfolio type tool. But, uh, um, but uh, the... Um, so that's one thing that I think kind of sets it apart is that we do have support for not just images, video, but you can actually plug in a whole variety of media types and have them all in one gallery. Like you can add document support. We do support uh, adding documents and converting them to PDFs and still showing them kind of in the nice unified way. Uh, we have 3D model support, so if you wanted to build a kind of a replacement for something like Thingiverse for like a three a gallery of objects you might 3D print, you might have that. Um, so the, but I mean, the reasons why somebody might want such a thing is, uh, um, you know, I mean, the general theme of redecentralized.org is, you know, trying to give power back to people and uh, trying to get, uh, um, try to take things out of these gigantic mega sites. Uh, and so, of course, we, uh, um, that's that's one of the other goals as well. Um, 
Okay. So, uh, so as a as a kind of user, so I think if we step up a bit, so who do, so who do you think your kind of intended key audience or user group is? Okay. So um, our key audience is uh, um, presently. Um, it's it's largely people. The, the the reality present audience is people who are very interested in these issues, kind of from a uh, um, from some sort of kind of uh, ideological concern. We are trying to build the user interface though in a way so that that's not the case. But the ideal, uh, but the the present set of people who are interested are mostly artists who have kind of a intersection with these types of issues. Um, but our general 1.0 goal is to get to a place where we have kind of all the features in place where uh, um, where pretty much anyone is interested in jumping in, regardless of whether they're a free and open source software nerd or not. So. Sure. So basically, as a as somebody who who has you know videos or or photographs, you know this allows them to have kind of a, a essentially a showcase or a site online. Um, uh, which displays um, all this kind of media, but it's it's hosted uh, yourself um, somewhere yourself, right? Uh, do you provide kind of a way for people if they don't have their own server to to host it somewhere? Well, somebody you don't have to use, run your own server necessarily. You could connect to somebody else's server, um, and uh, um, okay, and how 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 can people do that? Well, there there's a list of uh, kind of publicly available sites on the site. If you go to, it has a use it, join it, uh, run it, uh, join us, run it thing, and you could click the use it, and that'll bring you to a list of that. Um, there, um, uh, and so there are some publicly available sites at the moment that you could just connect to and start using. But you know, of course, but, but running it, your but, own is ideal. Yeah, but, but kind of ideally, you know, it, it's a chance for you to kind of own your own data and uh, and kind of control where it is. Um, so, kind of, if you were to sort of um, tell me, like, what, what was you know your kind of motivation in in the sense of why does it make a difference? You know, why as a as a you know as a user from from my perspective, like, why is it in my interest? To download Media Goblin, as opposed to, you know, using a site such as Flickr or YouTube, where, uh, you know, there's a there's a big community and there's a set of people who are who are kind of already looking at those sites. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, there's certainly a lot of convenience to using sites like Flickr and YouTube and stuff like that. Um, uh, the reasons why I think, as a user, you might want to do so um, is I think there's also a certain amount of fragility that comes to using uh, sites like those. Uh, you have no guarantee that the site that you're depending on, as in terms of Flickr or YouTube or something like that, is going to persist into the future. Um, you know, GeoCities was the hottest thing back in you know 1998, and that no longer exists. Um, and you know, if you uh, if you know, as an artist, these things are really important to you. Um, you never know when something like that might end up going away. Uh, there's a lot of people who were very upset recently about Google Reader going away, and so there's no, you know, it's a, a corporation. It's it's a, a service will continue to exist as long as it's within a corporation's interest to do so. And if everybody's videos are all on YouTube, and then eventually YouTube goes away, then a whole lot of videos from the internet basically all disappear, and that would kind of suck. Um, so uh, the um, so 
but yeah, I mean, where, where would you go for all these cat videos? I mean, but uh, but what? But to sort of step back, I mean, obviously uh, these sites shut down, but you can kind of generally export your data out and and put it put it somewhere else. So. Well, you kind of can. Uh, the I mean, it's usually a big pain in the butt to actually do so. I'm actually not sure if there's a nice way to export your data in on YouTube presently, though maybe there is. Uh, the uh, um, I don't the, know either, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, the uh, I mean, it's 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 partly also that the issue is that this type of stuff is becoming systemic, though, um, and. Uh, um, and the actual, uh, uh, to be bluntly honest, and this is something I think that we often don't talk about in these things, is that uh, um, going the route of using something like YouTube and Flickr and stuff like that is, at the moment, the easiest thing to do, um, often, uh, because it's just, uh, it's it's there and it's set up and uh, et cetera. Uh, I would like there to actually be uh, um, options that that's the same case with Media Goblin, where there's a... Uh, um, where there's some sites that are fairly well supported and you can just jump on them, but they're not the only Media Goblin sites, right? Um, and uh, um, that doesn't quite exist as in terms of like something with like a very um, kind of very dedicated amount of Media Goblin hosting. And I think the ideal future is to actually have kind of a combination of those two things. Uh, mo uh, encourage as many people as possible to be able to run things for them, family as friends, and then for the people who can't have a few companies that are basically running things. But it's not just one or two. Um, it's like, you know, a, a larger set of them, you know, like the way that, you know, um, there's WordPress.org and WordPress.com, but there's a ton of WordPress site installs out there, right? It's not just WordPress, the company installing WordPress. So that's the ideal future, I think. Mm -hmm. And what do you think it would mean if, uh, if Media Goblin would see kind of mass uptake? Well, um, I think that, I mean, you know, what is... I mean, as in terms of what it would mean, I think it would mean, uh, you know, well, the obvious answer is it would mean moving away from a lot of the problems that I've said, you know. Um, uh, I, I actually do think that there are a number of things that we need to complete in order to get there. Um, you know, I, I think that, I mean, the ideal thing is that we eventually get to the point where Media Goblin uptake is so easy for people to do that they don't really have to think that much about it. We're definitely not at that state right now. Uh, but, um, but I mean, the, the biggest answer that I can give as to what it would mean would basically be uh, um, reversing a lot of the problems that I've been talking about, you know, the kind of fragility of the centralization. Uh, also, you know, we would like to move towards uh, one of the things that's on our roadmap is issues of privacy and stuff like that. Um, and one thing that's not very well addressed is... Uh, um, is, you know, actual privacy when it comes to uh, sharing of media. Say you want to put up some images that are just for your family and friends, and very much so actually just for your family and friends, not just your family and friends in this large corporation that might do whatever, you know. Um, and so, uh, um, and, uh, that, that's, and that's also a concern for political activists and stuff like that. So, um, so I think, you know, the world in which people don't have all their data, which includes media, the type of media that's encompassed by Media Goblin, being run through just huge pipes, is a world in which we kind of return a lot of more autonomy to users in that type of way, so. Yeah, exactly, and I guess there's, there's also the sense that um, even though, of course, services like Flickr or Picasso, you know, Google equivalent, let you have your, your, your kind of private albums, um, 
obviously there are there are ways and and you know the GCHQ and NSA can always uh, go and find <laughs> find these images if they if they wish and do and, and do and presumably others can as well. So have you thought about kind of security or encryption and is that something that's sort of built in or on the roadmap? So um, so in order yeah and so in order to get to the um, so so I think there's actually a couple of of like levels to be able to get there. First of all, uh, the first thing is is that presently media goblin instances don't talk to each other, and this is one of the goals for 1.0, right? So in order to really get to the point where you're like, oh, I mean, so sure, actually at present already, if you have a media goblin instance that's for your political activist group or your family and friends, it's already the case that you could actually um, that um, although we actually don't have a lot of privacy, like private sharing stuff. I mean, you could basically put it behind something so that there is there's a certain amount of protection there. But uh, um, but the 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 real thing that we need in order to even start thinking about this type of stuff is how do we even connect media goblin sites together, right? Because if you just have a bunch of separate people having their own separate media goblin sites, but then they're all on their tiny little islands and can't really leave those islands, that's not actually great at all, right? Um, that's not really an interesting thing. So that's why federation is so important. Uh, and that's actually one of the big things that we're working on presently is federation support in Media Goblin. And federation means basically hooking together two sites uh, with the same kind of, even though they're separate sites, they're kind of connected together in the way that like email servers, although entirely separate, you have the same kind of uh, cohesiveness as if they were on the same server. So federation is one of the big things that we're working on at the moment. Uh, so just sort of, I think, to be useful to explain that a little bit more, um, what would federation actually practically mean? Okay, so um, there's two ways to describe that. I can describe that on the nerdy technical level, and I can describe that on the user level that um, where you should never have to know about that, right? So Both would be awesome. Okay, all right, so let me go into the technical level first. Um, and possibly bore people who are not interested in that before I get to the real level. So I guess whatever. But um, the technical level is uh, um, we're actually starting work on this. Uh, we had an awesome outreach program for women intern this summer who did a bunch of work on this. Uh, her name is Jessica Tallon. She is super great. Uh, um, we are implementing a uh, API that's called the Pump API. Uh, it's used by Pump.io, which is uh, kind of the successor to StatusNet, slash, uh, which is what Identica ran. Uh, um, and we're using that protocol. Um, we're still in the process of getting that implemented. Uh, we're, there's been other things going on this summer also to try to make it so that easier for other developers of other projects to get the same protocol integrated because there's a lot of overlap as in terms of what federation means between a whole bunch of different types of services, not just media sharing services. Um, so why? So as opposed to trying to get people to re-implement that wheel constantly, we're, we've also been, uh, um, Jessica Talon has been working on a library called PyPump that should make this easier for Python developers. So that's kind of one of the things that's going on in progress, uh, well, in progress, that's going on to try to advance this, but that's a very nerdy technical level side of things. You can read the Pump API, just do a search for Pump API to pull it up, uh, and you can check out pump.io if you actually want to take a look at a service that is doing federation and is using uh, the Pump API right now. Um, it's kind of like a much more minimalist version of Twitter or Facebook right now that can have multiple servers talking to each other. So what would it mean if we actually had federation, right? And you 
that's all actually taken care of and users don't have to see it. Uh, obviously, we don't actually want users to actually think about federation as happening in the background. Uh, so the ideal type, so like, you know, even already, if you put a video up on a Media Goblin site and say you just want to make it public and you just want people to see it, and uh, um, that's already possible. Uh, you can, uh, um, you know, like for some users, they don't really care whether it's on Flickr or, or if they're, whether it's on Vimeo or YouTube or a Media Goblin site, they just want to watch the video, and that's already exists. But what if you want to have people comment on it between instances, uh, and what if you want to have people add it to galleries, like, you know, on, uh, um, uh, for example, on Flickr, you have Flickr pools, which allows you to... Sorry, I'm rambling. So, no, I just I just wanted to kind of clarify, which is, um, so you mentioned um, kind of commenting between instances. What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Oh, okay, so say you have a user on my Media Goblin instance, right? So, okay, say, say you and I are on separate Media Goblin instances, yeah. right? You're on, uh, you're on the, uh, the Goblin Party site, and I'm on a My Little Pony fan site, okay? Um, so uh, <laughs> I'm not actually a My Little Pony fan, though I am massively amused by that cultural... Of course group. not, of course not. Yeah, but, uh, um, the, uh, uh, but anyway, the, uh, um, so what would happen is, is that you could have a... Um, um, your user wants to be able to comment on my video. Um, and how do you actually do that? You have to be able to sign in with your user on your account on the site that I'm on. Uh, and does, and does Media Goblin come with user accounts and kind of user? Yeah. Goblin? So you can have one Media Goblin site that has a bunch of users on it. And actually, you, we just we just pushed out a new. Re sorry. Sorry, we just did that twice. Um, did or I was just gonna say, do you kind of plug in some other kind of commenting uh, functionality, or is that all built into Media Goblin? It's built into Media Goblin. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, and we do. We actually just pushed out a new release that has uh, multiple media type plugins. Uh, we had another intern this summer who uh, uh, named Rodney Rodney Ewing, and he did an awesome job. We now have OpenID and uh, Mozilla Persona support. Uh, and in addition to basic login, username, password on your own site. Type. Well, OpenID is getting shut down, isn't it? Oh, oh. So actually, this is an interesting topical discussion, right? So my OpenID.net is shutting down, but OpenID the standard is not shutting down. I mean, that's it. so the um, so one of the big flagship uh, instances of OpenID is going away. But the standard of OpenID is not going away. So if you're OpenID, if you're using an OpenID thing on some other service, it'll still exist. This is a little bit like, oops, uh, this is a little bit like if Gmail shut down, would email go away if Gmail shut down? No, email would still exist. Email existed before Gmail existed, but a whole lot of email accounts at once would go away. That's the difference. Is uh, and so G so OpenID is actually already a protocol that's built to try to make these things go be done right. Um, sure. But it's but anything but, but hosted on the on the one that's shutting down that will disappear. This is where right. federation comes in, which is where you want to kind of make sure that there are copies between different servers. So right, that you want to be encouraging people to not be on these huge mega sites, basically. Um, and so you know, I'm saying that the ideal future involves both a bunch of smaller sites and also some larger sites run by companies that are uh, that, um, but you don't want it to be that like, oh, uh, MediaGobliner.er, um, you know, eventually shuts down and everybody's like, oh no, 
all media goblins shut down, right? You want there to be enough media goblin sites where people don't think that a whole section of the internet shut down just because one site shut down. So that's that's one of the problems we're having right now is even when you end up our work, uh, do you have a federated protocol? The temptation that people have is to just use a site that's already there and works. And it, there's this kind of like problem where, in a certain sense, that helps federated protocols gain adoption when there's kind of this mega site that does it. But on the other hand, that makes that much more fragile because you know what if eventually you know Google was originally implementing a uh, chat protocol called XMPP or Jabber that was uh, um, that was federated. Um, eventually, Google decided. You know, now there's gonna there's some speculate. Well, Google indicated that they may be shutting that down, and they're probably moving to Hangouts only. Uh, um, and so that means that actually this mega, it was convenient for XMPP and Jabber that you can easily anybody who had a Gmail account you could end up talking to, um, even if you weren't using Gmail. So um, uh, you could end up discussing. You could end up using their IM with that person, right? So I have my cweber at dustycloud.org account. Anybody with a Gmail account, I can still IM. But pretty soon, Gmail is going to uh, theoretically. It looks like Google is going to shut that down, and that means that um, since we got so reliant on Google conveniently providing this for us, it means that our federated protocol was not as strong. So there is this element that even if we get federation, we really have to, as much as possible, encourage people to not just be kind of lazy and jump into these mega sites. So like, I, I'm I'm saying I'm adding complexity to this conversation. I know, like I'm like, and I'm actually I'm not always the best PR person. I'm like the lead developer who thinks about all the issues. So like, the ideal. Uh, like, like the ideal PR person would be like, yeah, we're just going to scale things up and add the federation, and like this will be super simple. Media goblin's great; it's the future. Um, the problem with interviewing me is that I'm like, here's all the problems. These are the problems. We're trying to build the solutions, and here's the problems, which like makes me like not a really great PR person. But I'm I'm trying to be honest. Like these are the actual problems that we have to address in order to make this stuff work, and it's hard. We have to keep working at it. <laughs> Sorry, I know I have the Chris Weber mode of like nonstop rambling, and I'm doing it again. I just stopped you. This is what happens. <laughs> okay, um, I was gonna I was gonna ask something actually, but just that that last uh, impassioned speech kind of just stopped me dead. But um, um, yeah, just to, just to kind of because I I think there's lots of really interesting things about that. You know, one which is you know. Like technologically, you know, how, what are the important things to kind of maintain that that balance that you were talking about between kind of having these easy to go to central place where you think, okay, that's you know that's the instance I should use, and the smaller instances, um, and also I I guess it, I I think it's still a little bit not clear. Might be asking a stupid question, which is sort of when you talk about federation, are you talking about like the federation of the of the actual data, um, or of the of the protocol, or of something else? Because there's, I feel like there are different strands, you know, coming yeah. into play. Okay, um, so that's that's actually something people have asked before. If you're having two media goblin sites talking to each other, are they actually cloning each other's images and videos, or is it just like the metadata about it, right? Like the like uh, the title, the subject. Yeah. Here's where the thing actually lives. So the default in Media Goblin is going to be that it's actually it's going to be more like blogging, right? So blogging is where you 
you have a lot of links to other people's sites, right? But you generally don't end up copying in the entire content. You might copy in the content, but you're not necessarily, you're probably linking to various people's stuff. So Media Goblin will definitely be aggregating other people's thumbnails, but you'll probably actually, for the most part, the data will actually be on that other person's site. And that the reason for that is otherwise else, uh, we it would we might as well name Media Goblin Disc Gobbler instead of uh, Media Goblin. You know, like uh, um, we might have a Disc Gobbler plugin that actually allows us like an easy cloning of other people's stuff. Um, but the real goal here is to actually make it so that if one site goes down, it doesn't take the entire internet with it. It's um, it takes down that segment of things. It doesn't take down the whole thing. Um, okay. So the but the links between them is the main thing that we're actually federating and the kind of uh, the social communication, like aggregating whether or not somebody, how much somebody liked something, you know, like, uh, um, you know, like being able to kind of have this collaborative aspect and things like that. So, right. So it's it's more around sort of, you know, because the the kind of the accounts are standard. So if if um, you know, someone uses their account that obviously is kind of storing the data for the comments or likes, whatever, on the, on their server. If that goes down, that that information isn't lost in the in the system. Um, right. So the um, I'm just so, sort of so checking other, whether that that that's well. Correct. The other person's site will actually uh, probably be if you're actually commenting on somebody else's site, it should be keeping an aggregate of your of your comments on that other person's site and stuff like that. Um, so so. Yes and no. Like I can get into details a bit stronger. The, the, the main difference is like the social level of things will be aggregated, but you won't necessarily be copying everybody's videos from the entire internet onto your server because then your server would go down. Sure, sure. I think I'm just I'm trying to get back to sort of the benefits to the user. Kind of, okay. Um, the benefits to the user. I'm starting to go into like thinking about the data structures of things. I again, yeah. I'm not always the best person because I'm like tech guy. But uh, um, but the uh, um, so the benefit to the user is that um, you know it is that uh, you can have your own site. Um, you can. Uh, I mean, there's other benefits to federation besides just the resiliency aspect too. There's also the fact that you know. Um, um, the and and you know something going down isn't always even just like it's going down permanently. It's also it might be going down temporarily. You know um, the uh, um, the other side of things too is also that you might want to theme your site to look a lot more personal. Um, a company might want to run a media goblin instance and might actually want to make it fairly themed, but they can still work with the rest of the web um, and have some kind of personal customizations there. Um, the I mean the main talking about it as in terms of user features. Um, I think there is a certain amount of user feature as in terms of having things federated. The main argument for it is still like not taking down the whole internet in a single swoop. But the 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 um, but you know talking about this stuff as in terms of user features, um, federation is in some ways one of the hard parts about actually decentralizing the internet is. For a lot of people, it's not going to be interesting. Uh, like again, I'm I'm acknowledging that I'm a problematic person to interview in this type of thing. Is that I think this is one of our challenges is that we actually do have to engage people as in terms of like making people realize why this is important. As in terms of like if we don't do this, like we're creating a really shitty internet basically. Like uh, um, and if we um, and uh, the federation side of things isn't that much more interesting except for realizing that, oh, wait a minute, I really liked Google Reader, and then Google Reader went away, and now I don't have Google Reader anymore, and I really liked 
uh, this type of thing, and then it went away, and that's really shitty. But I, I guess there is a big feature, which we started to talk about privacy, and then we went away from that because I started talking about federation. And privacy is one of the places where this actually does come into play. Because you can actually have a site where it's just your site and my site actually talking to each other. And assuming that we both have a fair amount of control over the servers that we're actually handling between these two types of things, and we're, and we're actually passing information back and forth, and assuming we're actually using SSL and it's encrypted and people are not intercepting the certificates and stuff like that, um, we've made it very difficult to actually kind of just break in and sabotage that kind of communication that we're actually having. Um, but anyway, I've, I've probably given away through this interview why, like, we have uh, Deb Nicholson handle like the uh, like the community management and like outreach type of things because I'm like, this is the things that are there and this is why this is important and then I go on to these. Uh, this is this is uh, this is great. I I think it's sort of interesting, especially since um, I guess you're you're not sort of directly trying to um, you know kind of have some kind of alternative or replacement um, you know for, for the kind of the way the internet is at the moment, but um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to some extent, you know, a lot of the kind of use of the internet is, you know, people, whatever, going onto YouTube or, or using email, and, and actually, if these services were, you know, uh, hosted on kind of individual servers that sort of talk to each other, then there wouldn't be this problem that everything was going through, to, you know, one area. But is that something, you know, is that something that you're kind of going to be you know, addressing kind of more directly in terms of actually having some sort of alternative um, way to kind of communicate between people? Does that um, even uh, I, I'm not sure whether or not you mean like on a user interface level or like as in terms of like the features of the program or if you just mean like the structure of the way that connecting these things together are. So the, this, this sort of structure of, ha of of how these things can kind of Connect and, and okay. So I think I think an interesting way to put this is that as in terms of the structure of connecting things is you know an interesting counterpoint of like we're of like trying to change the internet to this more decentralized thing is actually in a certain sense we're trying to take the internet back. You know, like the internet is was like designed with these ideals of like a super resilient network and like the web was designed so that like you could have a whole lot of different servers. And it's not controlled by this one mega corporation. It's like you know, a, a whole lot of resilience. In a certain sense, we're trying to take the internet back. That's like the summary of why federation is important and stuff like that. Take the internet back. That's that's the best inter it's, uh, description I can give of that whole structural thing. Okay. Unless if I'm not addressing what you said. <laughs> um. So, uh, so one of the other things I really wanted to ask is, is um, it looks like you have a lot of uh, uh, contributors. Like, who, who are the people who work on Media Goblin, and, and how can someone else get involved, and what's your, what's your kind of process, and how do you manage that? Uh, so we have a lot of contributors in Media Goblin. I was just updating, like, the author's file in the project, and it's almost 75 people listed in that file at the moment. So... A lot of people. Uh, most of our collaboration happens on IRC, uh, on a chat room. Uh, we also have a mailing list, and we have uh, um, we have kind of all the standard free and open source software mailing list, bug tracker, blah blah blah. Um, but you know, not everyone who collaborates on the project is a developer either. Um, we do have developers, and we also 
consider, uh, like, you know, and a lot of other contributors are also uh, graphic designers, uh, although we need a lot more help with that right now. A lot of the help that we had with people who are working on graphic design have been running out of time recently to be able to help. Um, we have a lot of help from people doing translations and, uh, um, and so on. But if you want to get in and you actually want to join us and actually start working on the project, just go to mediagoblin.org. There's a join us link on there. Just click that. It's got information. And uh, um, you can talk to us on our mailing list. But most especially, uh, uh, a lot of the conversation happens in our chat room. If you want to jump in there, uh, I have a terrible username called Paranaya on IRC. And I'm usually around and actually uh, talking to people. Um, and uh, we just have a super friendly community of people who like to get people involved in working on stuff. Great. Uh, that sounds amazing that you've got all these contributors. Like, um, I'm actually kind of, this is a, probably a little off topic, but I'm quite curious, like, how how do you actually manage that, you know, kind of in terms of the governance of, of uh, you know, code reviews or, or who, who gets to do that or what, what you know, code kind of go, gets in? Well, we have a lot of, uh, so, like, the general direction of the project is kind of done in a couple of ways. I mean, we, we do a lot of discussion on IRC and on mailing lists and buck trackers, and it's just kind of a lot of discussing and basically coming to agreement on what's the best direction. As in terms of governments, uh, um, projects have that kind of, like, very authoritarian, problematic-sounding, like, benevolent dictator for life meme, right? Um, and I guess I'm, 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 the, I'm the benevolent dictator of the project in terms of, like, a, most of the decisions end up just happening within the community because people have discussed it and the community kind of comes to a consensus. Uh, but I kind of set the general direction of the project and kind of help guide the community as in terms of where it's going. But I'm not the only person doing that. Uh, like, you know, as, as the project's gone on, uh, oftentimes there are other people who just kind of have become kind of become the authority of it. We have a person who's kind of become the authority of the database level things, somebody who's kind of become the authority of the graphic design level of things, but I'm also the only person paid presently to work full time on the project. So like, you know, that means that I'm the official herder of cats. So um, yeah. So it's, it's sort of kind of kind of your your way, but there's uh, community discussions. Okay, so I think to sort of to wrap up, um, what is uh, you know what is the future in terms of what, what have you got planned for me, dear Goblin, going forward, and you know um, how kind of can you make it easier for 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 people who um, who aren't kind of very techy or necessarily understand this overall to, to actually benefit from and, and use Media Goblin. Right. So um, I'll say that the next number of months ahead are going to be very interesting, I think. Uh, we This summer, we had six students between uh, uh, Summer of Code and Outreach Program for Women who kind of, like, finished almost all of our goals for 1.0, but now we have this massive pile of code that we need to get cleanly integrated, and we're very picky about getting clean code with Media Goblin, so we're going to have to work through all that and try to make sure that everything's actually merged in nicely. But around that time, especially when we end up uh, do get Federation in, uh, we'll have a whole lot of new things landed. Uh, search is actually coming soon, so you know you can actually search across the site. Very shortly, we'll end up having uh, um, an administration panel built in there. Um, and that's kind of boring stuff, I guess. But uh, but um, the big feature of Federation is the one 
big thing that when that lands will finally hit 1.0. Um, prior to 1.0, uh, we focused on trying to make clean and beautiful software with the acknowledgement that uh, uh, it's probably not going to, that you're probably only free and open source software nerds are going to use it, but trying to design it in a way so that it's not made for free and open source software nerds, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, the, uh, um, the, uh, um, but after 1.0 comes out, uh, a big focus is actually going to be shifting from just building the features to make Media Goblin fit that whole dream of what we laid out to actually getting people to be using Media Goblin. So that shift will be happening soon. Uh, 1.0 should not be too far out. Um, of course, it's always hard to know. Um, but I think we'll be seeing some interesting things happening once that ends up happening. And uh, hopefully, we can start going on our massive crusade push to get everybody pushing over and you, your family, and friends all using Media Goblin. It'll be an interesting year, I think. Okay, awesome. And I think on that note, uh, we'll wrap. Thank you very, very much, Chris. Um, really good to talk to you, and um, um, be in touch again soon. Bye. Yeah, thanks for tolerating all my ramblings. <laughs> Ciao.